Hello and welcome to our fourth episode, Data Unplugged. Today we've got Vinicius with us. He is one of the founding enge data engineers at Mash Labs. And today we're going to discuss uh, the orchestration of the modern data platform. Vinny, thank you very much for, for joining me on this podcast. Um, why don't you quickly introduce yourself for the audience? Hey, yeah, thanks, Vin, for the invite. Very happy to come and talk a bit more about what has been taking over most of my career recently. So just for, um, for setting the scene, I worked for most of my career in data, started off as a consultant. As a consultant. My last role was at Kunonago, where I built and led a small team uh, focused on the financial part of the business, and then moved over to Mushlabs, to, uh, biotech based in Hamburg, to sort of develop our entire um, internal data infrastructure with a focus, of course, on our data platform. And that's our, yeah. Cool. So let's, let's maybe start with something very simple. Um, what is a data platform? <laughs> yeah, so a data platform is a term that's been gaining a lot of traction over the, last recent, over the few recent years. Um, I think the easiest way to, to explain it is really just the place where your data leave, lives, right? It's essentially what knows about everything that's happening in your data landscape. Be it, um, you know, if you move over to a data mesh, then your data platform should likely still know about what's going on in the other domains. If you're not using, if you're still on a centralized data team, which is going to be the case for most smaller companies, then it's, you know, ideally sort of will be comprising of a catalog for your data um, and of course orchestration, which will know sort of what each, what needs to run when. Mm. Okay, so obviously, yeah, data platform been been a term that's been thrown, being thrown around uh, for a while now, but also another term that's being thrown around is the modern data stack. How those two, uh, those two connect, right? Is, is one living off the other? Kind of, I think that's that's one way to put it. Um, so the modern data stack is another term that's been, um, I, I feel like it's a bit misrepresented because uh, it's it's a little difficult to define what is, what is modern exactly. Uh, it's gonna change over the last couple of years. What I like to call it is actually a modular data stack, which mm -hmm. uh, really is just a pool of software as a service tools that kind of are loosely integrated with each other, with each other and kind of each one of them takes care of a little bit of heavy lift, lifting, right? So one of them might be taking care of, of course, your data catalog. One is going to be the orchestration. One is going to be your entire SQL workflow. Your database is going to be a part of your modern uh, data stack, right? Um, orchestration is one part of it. It's, um, I guess some people would argue, and maybe I would argue as well, that it's the most important part of it. Mm. But um, it's not like... They're not synonyms, essentially. Okay. Before At least we, not in my view. Okay. Before we jump into data orchestration, because you just said that's the most important part. In very simple term, what do you define as data orchestration? Right. So orchestration is quite simply what knows. It's it's essentially the tool that knows what needs to run at what time to be very very to keep it very, very simple, right? It just knows about the dependencies in your data infrastructure, uh, which might be comprised of just tasks, or it's going to know about your data assets, your data tables, your machine learning models, whatever else it is that you have. And it just knows about everything of 
at a, about everything that's in there. It knows about their dependencies and takes care of scheduling, keeping, making sure that things are running as they should, really. Mm. So, Vinny, if we look at an orchestration tool, what is typically something that you look for? Or maybe to rephrase my question, um, what, what do you think makes a good orchestration tool? Right. So I think in that case, you could differentiate between the must-haves and the nice-to-haves, right? Um, I think a must-have for any orchestration would just simply be a way of scheduling your jobs and knowing about the task dependencies. So basically, you know, what needs to run when and in what order and basically some, some failure recovery, if at all possible. Uh, but you very quickly start to look for a few more nice-to-haves, um, especially with the current needs of data nowadays. So, for example, things like passing data between tasks is uh, becomes very important. Some form of automated alerting that on, on failed jobs or on failed tasks becomes very important. Um, one thing that I've come to appreciate a lot more and that, to me, now would be an almost must have would be some form of knowledge about the assets that are produced by the data pipelines. Um, and I think those are those are the main ones that I would that I would call out, but also but there's there's a few more that you could that you could talk about. Now for data orchestration, right? Uh, there is obviously a lot of there's a lot of different tools like Airflow, but from from our conversation that we've had you currently use Dexter, right? Which is more of a, I would say, newer tool. So can you just tell us what Dexter is? Yeah. So keeping in mind that I don't know too much about Airflow, I've worked with Airflow for a couple of months, but I'm not an expert. Um, Dexter is kind of the new kid on the block. I think uh, mm. you could call Dexter, though you fall sort of under the same, the same, boat as prefect and mage to a lesser extent. Those are sort of the up and coming orchestrators, um, which is also, I think the term orchestration just started being established as these tools started coming along. Um, and the difference, the main difference between uh, Dagster and Airflow is the fact that Dagster really works more with data assets rather than just tools or rather than just tasks, I'm sorry. Um, meaning that it's going to sort of know what the output of your tests are going to be. And that is going to be the main abstraction that you're working with when you're working with Dagster, rather than just saying, hey, run task two after task one. Uh, and then after that, run test three and four uh, in parallel and then task five, right? Uh, instead of doing workflow like that, you would be more like defining your data assets. That is the main uh, selling point. That's how they communicate most of their most of their uh, value. And it is what I found to be also the most valuable thing about the system as well. Was that uh, was that one of the, the primary reasons why you went with Dexter rather than something more well-known like Airflow? So assets were not the primary reason why I went for, that, for Dexter because back when I started working with it, which uh, to set the scene, it was about a year to maybe... 14 months ago, mm. um, the reason why we, and we migrated from Airflow to Dagster in my old team at Kinonago. So the reason why we picked Dagster is because we very quickly noticed that we had a lot of engineering overhead to develop 
things that for airflow that DAGs are just shipped with out, out of the box. And so after just talking it through with my team back then, we decided to bite the bullet, just, you know, take a week or two. Um, the way that everything was developed, it was very quick to, to migrate, but just to actually ramp up into the new platform and just transferred over all of our workflows from Airflow into Dagster and immediately noticed a, a, a huge improvement just in the fact that we, you know, didn't have to, didn't have to engineer so many other tasks, mm. so many other sort of supporting infrastructure um, for those tools. Back then, assets were just starting, I think. So I think I'm not sure if it was the case, but I think Dexter always had this sort of notion of, you know, working with assets, but never in a declarative approach, which is what they're pushing a little bit more now. Um, so it was just starting. It was definitely something that they were starting to, to communicate more with, but it wasn't, I don't think it was marked as stable even back then. So it's been more of a gradual ramp up into this new system. Okay, that's actually quite interesting. Now, in terms of uh, problem-solving abilities of Dexter, because I assume you, you probably went with it because it, it also solved some, some problems that you had. Um, what problems does Dexter solve for you? Or what problems did it solve for, for you at Kuno Nagel? So the problems that Dexter solved for me back then were mostly around pluggability. Um, in a way, it just shipped with some very smart abstractions out of the box that made everything pluggable. So what I mean by that is, for example, we had some, at Kunonago specifically, there are some very strict regulations about what types of services can call which other types of services, meaning, you know, development can only call development services, et cetera, as sort of, as sort of a best practice. And to ensure that that was possible with Airflow, it just required a lot of engineering. Whereas in Dexter, we had a notion of resources, for example, where we can essentially just plug and play those resources, depending on the environment where the jobs are running. Um, and it just essentially works, right? Or um, some other things were just the increased testability that comes with it, meaning that it becomes very easy to mock everything else that you're doing and just run sort of an end-to-end -end test, catch errors very quickly, and validate the data that's coming in um, just much, much more easily. That essentially what Dexter allowed us to do was just to split our business logic entirely from any type of external service. So we could focus our testing on the business logic and ensure that everything in there was, you know, really tested properly, which is, as you can imagine, very important when you're working with uh, financial data that needs to, yeah, that needs to be, you know, 100% accurate all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. That That is uh, very interesting. Now, maybe to, to go a little bit more on a day-to-day on a -day, a bit deeper level um if if someone decides to get dexter right can, can you talk us through how 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 the process of building a data pipeline with dexter maybe also comparing it to building a data pipeline in air at airflow yeah i i think um and i'm not sure if i'm gonna get some backlash for saying this but if uh when i'm talking <laughs> okay. about dexter and pipelines I wouldn't even talk about pipelines, actually. Um, I would talk about data assets, which is what we've spoken about already. So 
I that that's been sort of the the most interesting benefit that I've gotten out of using Dagster in very actively and very intensely over the last 14 or so months. It's that it's shifted my thinking just slightly uh, to look at data from a different perspective. So now I'm not thinking about pipelines. I'm not thinking about you know I don't need to sort of plan what task needs to run in what order um, and plan it off of a buffer in between them to make sure that the data has been updated, you know, sort of in, in that sense. And instead, I'm just thinking about how the end product needs to look like at each step of the process, meaning, you know, I might have some, say, you know, a very typical data workflow, you're going to have like a raw layer. And then in that raw layer, just need to know sort of, okay, how do I expect my data asset, my table or my parquet file or whatever it is to look like at that stage. I declare that and I tell Dagster about its upstream dependencies and that's all I need to do, right? So there isn't, uh, there isn't any more a sense of uh, <clears throat> or a notion of chaining tasks or anything like that. It's really just you tell the system how it needs to look like and it just takes care of all the rest. Whereas in Airflow, you know, you have to think about a lot of different things and concurrency and, you know, once again, what I said, planning enough of a buffer, scheduling everything smartly, mm. um, you know, what the dependencies are, what makes sense to run at each step of the process. And you're almost disconnected from the end product, you know, by one or two steps, whereas Dexter just kind of brings them to the forefront and just says, I'll take care of everything else. Mm. How is that better? What, what is the benefit of that? Well, the main benefit really is just the fact that it forces you or I mean, it doesn't force you, but it just slightly nudges you to think a little bit more like your data consumer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, okay. and data consumers are always just a few steps removed of all the super technical stuff that's happening in the background. Right. Um, but and which is essentially what you're usually doing as a data engineer. And what Dexter says is, you know, it just kind of nudges you into looking at your entire infrastructure from the perspective of a data consumer, which, you know, it doesn't matter if your data consumer is a data scientist, uh, some analyst, or yourself a day later, if you're, you know, a single person team. Um, so yeah, that's, I, that's been the, the main benefit for myself. But of course, you know, you could also talk about other things like the added observability. Um, that it brings by knowing the data assets. Um, I spoke earlier about, you know, data catalog as a part of the data platform. Mm. I haven't had to spin up a data catalog thus far in my work, just because I know that I can have all the information pertaining to my data assets on Dagster itself, um, with all the relationships mapped out with, you know, all types of documentation and, um, column types or whatever else might be relevant. It's just all there. So that's mm. always, that's also done some, some pretty heavy lifting in ways that I hadn't expected it to. Mm. Now, okay. Now <clears throat> let's maybe go back to, to the, the whole like topic, like, um, you know, the, the, the modern data stack, et cetera, et cetera. Let's say someone decides to go with Dexter. Um, how well does it integrate with, with other tools or, or let's say data stacks overall? Pretty well, I think. Um, so it ships with 
quite a few integrations out of the box. Um, I think the most well-known nowadays, I think what pretty much every single data team is going to be using is dbt. Um, and yeah. the notion that dbt brings of just models being tables and just having sort of a single SQL file for each table maps really well to the notion of assets. Um, and in many ways, I've found that if you have a, a type of a platform that integrates across the whole business, then the Dagster system does a better job at mapping those dependencies than the dbt documentation does. Uh, because you, that means essentially you can split your dbt into multiple projects, which you wouldn't be able to otherwise. And Dagster kind of just integrates with all of them. So you know, all of those things are just per se um, shipped out of the box with the product, and they're maintained by the team that maintains Dagster. But also, it's very easy to to develop your own. It's um, I've developed some things for our very specific use cases that integrate to Snowflake, for example, that just kind of slightly change the behavior of the libraries that Dagster shipped with. So I would say it's it's fairly easy to you know transform something else that another system is outputting into an asset. Or um, if that other system is only supposed to serve as a storage, then always sort of just you know write what they call an I/O manager, so an input/output manager that's just going to take care of writing those things out into that other system or reading them back into into your memory to continue working. Okay. Now, because obviously you, you've you've had this experience, um, let's say someone is like, okay, Dexter is great. It's cool. Um, how difficult is it to, to move from Airflow to Dexter, maybe a bit more specifically and, and maybe a couple of challenges or maybe yeah. a couple of points that you're like, guys, look out for this. If you really decide to go with Dexter and you've got Airflow in place, these are like some pitfalls. I, I know they've done a lot of development on the Airflow library to just make it easier to make that jump. Um, mm -hmm. so I'll just preface everything that I'm going to say with that. And again, with the fact that I'm not an airflow expert, I have like a few months of airflow expertise before, before we gave up, um, which sounds a bit worse than it actually was, but I think the extra just has a very steep learning curve. Um, whereas airflow kind of does a good job in abstracting the complexity away from the user for better or for worse. Um, it's very simple to just write a script and run it on airflow. Um, in Dagster, I think if you really want to get the most out of the system, then it's very difficult to do it without engaging with some of their sort of with some of their concepts that they're shipping out of the box with. So, for example, the notion of resources that I spoke uh, a couple of times about, um, you know, understanding exactly how they work out of the box is takes a little bit of time and then combining that with a notion of IO managers and with a notion of, um, you know, tasks and, and putting those tasks into a graph that will then turn into an asset. For example, those are all things that you can avoid and ramp up without actually, you know, working with it too much, but the complexity is very much there. And it's very much obvious. I think as soon as you start working with a, with a system that, you know, it is it is a complex system, um, yeah. and it takes it takes a while to actually learn how to use and learn how to extract most of the value from it. 
Okay, okay. Now, I remember when when we discussed to 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 do this podcast together. Um, you said something to me along the lines um, that a data platform should expose the context in which the data is created, so that it can so that it can basically drive decision making. Now, looking back at Dexter, you're saying it is fairly complex uh, to really extract the value. How do you say Dexter help you achieve this bit? It's actually very easy to expose the context once you have your entire lineage and your entire documentation right. integrated into the same platform that you are that you and your users are navigating, you know, day in and day out, really. Um, you know, sort of documenting columns, documenting where the data is coming from and what types of upstreams of upstream dependencies it has is just there. Um, and that is part of this exposing the context that I mentioned. Of course, it's still on the developer and on the data team to actually document those things. So, you know, it's not it's okay. not magic. You still need to actually write documentation and you still need to understand how your users think before um, before building anything. But assuming you're willing to go that route, then the functionality is all there. And it makes it just very easy for a, for a user to just look at sort of the path that the data is taking until it reaches the final destination. And if necessary, depending on how tech savvy they are, like looking for, you know, how stale that data is, how, um, you know, when it was less updated, what steps uh, might or might not have gone wrong or, you know, anything else that you might think of. Um, it just, it gives you the ability to answer those questions, no matter if you're super technically inclined or just a business user. Okay. So what about Dexter as a whole? Like, is there certain situations where you say Dexter is definitely the right choice for you guys? You do need to look at it. You need to go through the pain of, of really extracting the whole functionality out of it. Or And is there also like situations where you say Dexter is definitely the wrong choice, don't touch it? Well, I'd say that Dexter is definitely the wrong choice if you need to do real-time data processing because it's not built for that. So that's okay. just, <laughs> okay. right? Um, I mean, it's not a Kafka platform. Um, mm. So, you know, anything real-time, I think there's uh, there's other tools there for it. Um, I would say that the pros have vastly outweighed the cons for me. Mm. It's really hard to say exactly when, you know, when I would recommend someone to migrate from whatever other stack they have into Dexter because of course migrations just take time and much more than taking time in developing or in like rewriting the code it also takes time in sort of changing your thinking into the way that the new platform works uh that's probably and you're going to just have to eat a productivity um your productivity is going to be lower for for the first couple of weeks if not even months depending on how quickly you can ramp up so it's just a matter of prioritizing thing uh, prioritizing things and how you expect to grow and, and deliver value in the long term. Um, yeah, ultimately it's on a case by case basis. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't say that it's definitely the right choice and that everyone should just leave Airflow now and just move to the Exer. I'd be much happier if that would if that were to happen, honestly, just because it's a better tool, in my opinion. Okay. But um 
but no, it, it comes down to your priorities and the challenges that you're facing in your, in your data infrastructure. If you're fine, just working with tests and your team is super good at airflow and you've just, and you've already built a lot of, you know, other things on top of it, then by all means stick with it. If you're struggling with testing, if you're struggling with observability, if you're struggling with a lot of other things, then maybe it might be a good idea to switch and then, you know, be it Dex or be it Prefect, be it Mage, be it whatever mm. else is out there. Um, I also wouldn't wouldn't just pick a tool without without looking at what else is on the market, of course. Cool. Now, but also looking more towards the future, right? Because I think you've mentioned that certain functionalities have been developed uh, since since you started uh, working and, and using Dexter. How do you see the the future of Dexter, and and maybe more specifically? I'm not asking you if they're going to be the next uh, billion dollar company or a unicorn or anything like that, but how do you see it evolving, right? In terms of functionalities and in terms of, yeah, is there like, can it be a serious competitor to Airflow? Definitely. Yes, uh, for sure. I think it already is. I think it already is a better tool than Airflow, as I said. Um, in terms of how I see it evolving, I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way because I'm not part of the Dagster team. Maybe we should have said that at the very start. Uh, I'm just very involved in the community. And yeah. from what I've been observing, I think some there's some things that I'm very excited about uh, in terms of the path that they've outlined. Um, they've recently been pushing for full declarative scheduling, which seems like just kind of a word soup. But really, it's just a notion of defining SLAs or freshness policies on top of your tables and basically letting the system reconciliate everything and just kick off runs and really just, you know, say goodbye to your jobs and tasks and test chaining because the system is already going to know, hey, this is this one needs to be updated early and this other asset just needs to be updated every day or so or whatever. Um, and it just kind of like maps that and kicks off runs for a series of tables or assets just based on the needs and on the SLAs that you've defined with your data customers. That is one thing that I'm very excited about and that we've already started implementing some of that into our into our workflows. Um, that is, I guess, the, the main thing that I've been seeing now. The second one that I think thus far it's, is only a GitHub discussion, so I'm a a little bit hesitant to to actually say that it's something that's definitely going to happen, but it, it seems like a really nice idea, is um, talking about asset expectations. So really, I you know, the challenge in data engineering, in my experience, is rarely to make sure that the code is running. That's kind of just a given if you have unit testing in place. But you do need to test the data that's coming in and react to it accordingly. accordingly. And so either you build tools on top of it or, which is kind of what I hope this asset expectation thing is going to become, is you can build these tests on top of the assets themselves and sort of run these quality checks on the data that's coming in so that your platform and the, the everything that's downstream or upstream or no, everything that's downstream can react accordingly. People can get alerted if anything is wrong, um, you know, move that. Um, 
that notion of shifting the responsibility back into your into the data producer should be a lot easier with um, with something like that in place. That's something that I'm very excited about. And then, of course, great like Dexter releases a new version every week, so there is always some new stuff coming in. And I've it's it's kind of crazy that I often find myself talking about how we used to do things, or you know, the old way of doing things, quote unquote, and I'm only talking about things that I've developed like three or four months ago uh, that are okay. already by now, I'm not going to say outdated, but that even by now there's already better ways because they've just been so quick to develop new functionality. Okay, so they're definitely pushing for it. Uh, yeah. That's cool to know. So if someone wants to, to start learning Dexter or is looking for free resources, um, where can they go and, and look at that stuff? Where can they find some stuff like that? Well, they can feel free to add me on LinkedIn and ask me uh, <laughs> first thing. But no, so Dexter has a very active Slack community, uh, okay. which I think is kind of the new cool thing after DBT started uh, bringing everyone on Slack. So their Slack uh, community is very active. I would highly recommend people to, to join that and then just you know look through their docs and ask questions, I guess, in, in Slack. But those are, those are the main resources. That's how I would probably suggest that most people start with and then just you know take actually take some time and try to dig into the concepts and try a few things and I think at one point or another the system is kind of just going to click uh, look through the examples of course they have some yeah. really good full featured examples uh, that kind of showcase some best practices that are also kind of you know still being developed to to some extent uh, because the tool is so new but those are probably the ways that I would go to to just start ramping up into into the system. Okay, well then I think the last and, and, and final question, and that's probably more for the audience, is is Dexter the new data orchestration tool for the modern data stack? I would say so, but you would um, say so. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Once they again. should they should get you into the sales team at this point. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll forward this one to to their team. Uh, I'll back <laughs> you, know, you for that. Yeah, I I think so. I think once again, it depends a lot on the needs of your specific yeah. uh, data infrastructure, and on where you put your val on on what you value the most. Um, yeah. I kind of by now I I wish I still knew more about things like Prefect and Mage, so I could actually like properly compare all the new kids on the block. Of course, we scoped them out. Uh, we proof of concept uh, Prefect and, and Dexter when we first uh, migrated from it uh, to it from Airflow. But by now, you know, it's been it's been a while. So, based on what I know and based on my previous experiences, I would say pros definitely outweigh the the steep learning curve. But that's up to each team to decide. I think. Well, then I would say that it's definitely worth checking out Dexter for everyone listening. And Vinny, thank you very, very much for, for coming uh, on this episode. It was actually a pleasure and also really cool to, to listen about um, a new tool out there, like you called it, new kit on the block, um, and also someone that's, that's a serious competitor to, to one of the giants, um, such as Airflow. So thank you very much. And guys, stay tuned for our next episode.